You are listening to the Australian Breastfeeding Podcast, where everyday girls let you in on their breastfeeding journeys. And I will unpack all things breastfeeding. I'm your host, Susie Prout, a midwife and lactation consultant. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to episode 18 of the Australian Breastfeeding Podcast. Today, I have Yasmin Darwish here with me. Yasmin is a mum of a little girl, Tilly, and Tilly is one of my names. I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm not having any more kids, but it was certainly on my list, so I love saying the name Tilly. Tilly is 10 months old, and Yasmin is also a kinesiologist, which I'm going to get her to explain a bit later for you guys. She runs her own business, Yasmin Darwish Kinesiology, which I will tag in the episode notes for you to find her. And the work that she does, I find really interesting. And also the how kinesiology fits into motherhood and really early postnatal phase, really interesting as well. So I'm sure you guys will as well. Yasmin, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy life to chat with me. Thank you, Susie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be a part of your podcast. Oh, awesome. Okay. So let's start at the beginning. Can you start by telling me briefly how your birth went with Tilly? Because often our birth experiences affect the start of breastfeeding. So it's really good to link this in. Absolutely. So I actually started sort of feeling, started Friday night, I started feeling some contractions and kind of, obviously we're Braxton Hicks at the start, you know, not actually not really sure. I was quite um, overwhelmed by the whole process initially. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Friday night came, felt like there were, you know, contractions. My husband and I were taking note about how far apart and so forth. And then, so that was, they, they weren't going to getting any worse. Saturday morning, they were getting a little bit, you know, more frequent. So we rang the, the hospital just to ask the question, you know, this is what's happening. And they just said, yeah, this is, sounds like Braxton Hicks. See how you go. And then you yeah. know, call back if it's worse or they're getting shorter in time. And then it was Sunday night when they started to get a little bit closer together and a little bit more intense. So I went in Sunday night to the hospital and no, sorry, Saturday night in the hospital and then, yeah, so we went to the birthing suite and everything was great. So I went on the gas and did all that. And I wasn't actually getting any worse. My contractions actually, I, they gave me a bit of medication. I think they gave me, I can't remember what they gave me, but I, had, I was able to kind of sleep a little bit. So they said, oh, if you're going into full labour, then you're probably not going to be able to sleep or be rested. Yeah. And by the Sunday morning, I, my actual contractions plateaued. So I wasn't really getting any, they weren't getting any stronger. So they suggested they were either going to send us home or bring in our obstetrician and we'll see what happens. And I really didn't want to go home. So my OB came in in the morning and he said, don't worry, Yasmin, you'll have your baby this afternoon. Mm-hmm. So he organised to have me induced. Yeah. Bring on the labour. So that happened at around, I think, eight thirty nine o'clock. Um, and then I was very uneducated at the fact that when that happens, you go from zero pain to 100 in a very short period of time so uh, it was lucky I didn't realize how quickly my how quickly and intense the pain got so I opted for an epidural actually thinking I was being a little bit of a um, maybe I was asking for it too early I don't know it just felt like you know maybe I was being a bit precious but no it was really painful painful yeah uh, and I was howling I remember I could just remember just this howling sound so I had an epidural and literally she came out two and a half hours later. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So I had a very quick, 
active labor, two and a half hours active labor, she was ready to come. So I had her at 11.34 and I think I had the epidural at 9.30 or something. So it was really, really quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in hindsight, I was pretty fortunate to have a pretty quick labor. I had a bit of a tear as well, but otherwise... Yeah, that's yeah. kind of my story. Yeah, yeah. That is for, for a first baby. That's that's really quick. You're going to have to watch out for your subsequent. I know. I'm hoping the other one doesn't just flip out one day. When, yeah, so, you know, I might have heard that. So, yeah, yeah. i of that for the next one. Yeah, no, that's quite a positive story. I mean, I, know, I think you probably went into it quite tired. You'd been having lots of pre-labour, it sounds like, for a long time, but then the actual... Obviously, that pre-labor was doing something to your cervix and getting your body ready and getting her down. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. To bring us, that's awesome. So then once she was born, did she go straight to your chest? She did, yeah, she did. We didn't know what we were having, so it was really nice to actually see that it was a girl. Although intuitively, I was 99.9% knew I was having a girl. Yeah. So it was a girl and that was really beautiful. So yeah, she came straight on to me. She latched on pretty well yeah from what I remember like there was no issues and then so we did yeah a bit of skin a bit time skin to skin which was really beautiful as well and obviously my husband did as well which was really nice oh that's yeah it's really nice to let the husbands lots of husbands don't know that they can do that and you think yeah of course I mean especially if the mum goes and has a shower or you know yeah yeah it goes and so it's really nice for both of you and I love how you didn't find out what you I didn't find out with my three either and yeah it's you can't explain that just, I mean, I was the same as you with the intuition. I think lots of mums are with all three, with both yeah. my boys and then my girl. I just knew yeah. like, it's, yeah. it's incredible how you, yeah. I mean, some people say, no, you know, it's just a fluke. Maybe it is, but I was exactly like you. I just knew. Just knew. Yeah. No. And, yeah. and I think it was really nice for us to have a surprise like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds, that sounds lovely. And then did you, so did you stay in hospital for a few days? Yes, we were in hospital for five days or okay. four nights, I think it was, yeah, yeah. because I just really wanted to be sure I was doing the right thing and, you know, making sure. And I, everyone kind of said, even my obstetrician said, Yasmin, the labour is not the hard part, it's the breastfeeding. And I yeah. was like, okay, and I'll take that advice. And, and to be honest, it really was for me. And, you know, we'll go into this a bit further, but I really struggled with breastfeeding for the first three months of being, you know, Tilly and I. But um, so at in hospital I was there for yeah a good five days to really get that support yeah and so in those first few days did you feel because a lot of girls I'm, and, and, and what I look at a lot in Australia at the moment is is our system with breastfeeding education support in those first few days did you feel that you were getting lots and lots of different ways of how to breastfeed and so in the end you felt quite overwhelmed or did you feel like you knew what you were doing all through that time and it was just hard like how how did you feel in that time in hospital well I just don't feel like I probably got as much support as I would have liked like you know it's it was easy for them to show you and stuff but I, I don't know all I like I just needed a bit more help or a bit more guidance around it and yeah. you know so yeah I felt like it was no so I did have a lot of people come and show me how to do it but I think because Tilly wasn't a good latcher that's where I struggled yeah and I kind of felt like I didn't want to keep asking if someone could come and you know <laughs> but I know for the time I would absolutely do that I would say you know if I needed to ask questions I wouldn't be you know not willing to put my hand up and say that but I think yeah, yeah I think it was more her latch that I wasn't sure if I was doing it right so that's kind of I think where I thought it was going to be a lot easier 
Yeah, yeah. And as your obstetrician was saying with the labor being the easy part, I would love for us to kind of change our mindset in pregnancy in that everyone does. And I was exactly the same. I thought about my births all the time and, and, I, and I, I didn't think about the breastfeeding. And it is, it is the hardest part. The, the labor will happen or your cesarean will happen. You know, that'll yeah. happen. But it's, yeah, yeah it's the, it certainly is the breastfeeding and that early postnatal stage of just what, what the hell am I doing? Is, um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard. So did your milk come in when you're in hospital or how did that all go about? Um, it was probably when I got home. Uh, I actually probably a little bit towards when I left hospital. So I had a lot of colostrum, but I had I syringed colostrum with Tilly at the start because of her not latching properly. Okay. So, and I was in so much pain that I didn't, I, I, it almost like I couldn't actually... And for the first few days, so I would express the colostrum, put them in a syringe and then give her that at the yeah. beginning. Yeah. And then I started expressing, and I think it wasn't until a few days after I got come out of hospital that my milk started coming in. But I never forget when we brought her home for the first time, because the hospital took a lot longer to discharge us, we used all of the supply that we had, so the, the colostrum oh. and I think my milk so by the time I got home I didn't have any expressed milk or and my boobs well my nipples were so sore and she was crying and crying and crying and crying and a girlfriend had come over and just to quickly say hello and she said to my husband go and get her a can of formula and just feed her yeah and thank god he did because we literally gave her formula because she was crying for hours and hours like you know constantly we weren't sure what to do and then yeah. we filled her formula and she went straight to sleep and she was amazing and then we never gave her formula again until six or seven months later but that it got was you a real through. yeah it got us through for that time and then every and for the next six months it was breast milk but it yeah. was in, yeah, crazy so yeah yeah and sometimes just you know as soon as you arrive home you can feel this panic and especially if you just can't just put her on the boob and you're like well what on earth am I going to do did you have a pump did you have a pump at home yeah so I hired a pump we hired the same pump as we had at the hospital and I pumped so yeah I believe I I just don't think I had everything ready and sorted so I wasn't really sure what I was doing so I think that's why it was a real struggle but then I definitely pumped after that yeah okay yeah and was her weight always fine at the in the early days or were they concerned about weight loss they were a little bit concerned about weight loss so i had to take her in the next day after we got discharged because she had dropped a little bit but then we started then she was fine after that yeah okay okay and so i know that you have said that you really struggled in those first few months with breastfeeding and with i mean yeah just just having a baby at home and and working out what to do and emotional and sleep deprivation, all of that. Would you want to kind of go through those first few months and your feelings surrounding it? And then you can also talk about your work and how you found that helped and what that's got to do with all of that as well. Absolutely. So I think the biggest shock for me was just this change in lifestyle, change in being home a lot, not being able to just, it's just adjusting to something so new and so fragile and not having the answers, I think, as well as not really knowing what to do. I definitely felt very emotional when I got home. And for someone that's in the line of work that I do, who's very in control or or very aware of my emotional state, it was really hard for me because I really couldn't control the tears sometimes. I remember two significant days where I cried 
and I didn't know why and I, it was just the hormones it was people coming over it was just everything just got to me yeah and I never forget my sister my mum my dad my, everyone was at our place and all of a sudden I just had this I just started crying of like everyone's just dead you have to sterilize this and you didn't and no I didn't even know I had to sterilize the bottles every time we use them and like all of that stuff yeah. just got so overwhelming yeah I remember just crying, my family going, it's okay, don't worry. And I'm like, just leave me, let me cry, let me get it out. Let me yeah. just, you know, I don't want to hold it back, you know, so they were yeah. all fine with that. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so I definitely found it very overwhelming. But then I also, like I said, because of the work I do and I am all about understanding and aware of the emotional state and how important it is to speak and be able to express that, I also knew that being able to take each day as it comes, getting the help that I needed, getting outside and, and getting fresh air and all that sort of stuff was a real help for me. Yeah. So definitely after, you know, getting the hang of things, I really felt like I, I took control and just felt so much more at ease and I just trusted what I was doing and being surrounded by the people that were going to support me. So I think that really helped. Yeah, yeah. And did you find, you were saying before, people coming over and you're having lots of guests around, did you find that like helpful or more of a hindrance kind of at the early days? I, actually, I found it more of a hindrance, to be honest. You know, I understand and I'm, I get people want to come and visit and they want to, you know, support you. But I also feel like, you know, you really need time to just nurture and be in your zone and get the gist of things and the hang of things. And because, you know, there was times where I wanted to feed and I didn't want to feed in front of people at the start, you know, because yep. I knew it wasn't latching properly and I didn't want to, you know. And, I, and so I just, and it was, yeah, really, you're tired, you're overwhelmed. So I think it, it, it is very important to have those boundaries at the start. And it's not, you know, people don't hopefully take offence. And I always now know with my mums, even when before I had a baby was, you let me know when you're ready for visitors and I would love to come and see you. So yeah, I think that's key in, in having a new baby because you don't want to feel overwhelmed. And for, for me, for my culture, it's about, you know, making sure people have tea and coffee and, and biscuits and all <laughs> that sort of stuff. So it's not like it's just come over and I can't offer people things. So I feel like, you know, there's that in my head as well. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you feel as much as people say, don't worry about the messy house. Don't worry about the messy. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to, someone to come over and they just sitting all over my mess and I haven't showered. And you know, like, I, like I, I, I've just because I've had a baby, I've still got my standards <laughs> that yeah. I work to work towards. Yeah, no, those, those are all really good points. And I, and I say that a lot to first time mums, I think when you've had one baby and then you go into having your second and third or whatever, you know what you can deal with and what you can cope with and your boundaries. With your, with your first baby, often girls will get home in those first couple of weeks, they actually can't spend time learning how to breastfeed because they've always got someone sitting on the couch yeah. with yeah. them. Yeah. And even with my mother-in-law, I mean, bless her, she, she just wanted to come and do my washing and and mm. do my dishes but I just was like, I can't have you in the house right now I just want to be you know by myself with my top off <laughs> learning how to yeah. breastfeed <laughs> yeah, by yourself sometimes you just want time by yourself and yeah. it can be a bit so we always made sure that you know we would do times around when Tilly had feeded or had her feed or you know we just made sure that we did it around what worked for us which I think is also very important yeah, absolutely. And then I know you've been saying that your nipples were really sore at the beginning. What? Yeah. How did you get over that or how did you change your latch or what, what happened Funny there? Enough, 
my kinesiologist before I had Tilly. So this is, I guess, where the work that we do comes in. Was able to tap in, and she's got she's a bit more intuitive, kind of. She sensed that in the womb, Tilly's tongue wasn't quite right, which was very interesting. Just the way that her head was in my womb and stuff. So she did a bit of muscle. It's not really muscle manipulation. It's just strengthening the muscle, the tongue muscles through surrogation of other muscles, which is it's a little bit hard to explain, but it's actually quite mm. powerful. She did a, work, a bit of work before that. And then I actually saw a Cairo as well who actually helped Tilly with her muscles in her tongue as well when she was quite young. And that really helped. Right, yep, and yep. it was also things like, I used nipple shields. I really made sure that they, I was using the right... I actually used coconut oil and I don't know whether that's, you know, the right thing to do, but that actually really helped. Yeah. Um, that helped me specifically, like, pretty well. But I really persisted and I just made sure that, you know, I didn't want to go to the point where I was in agony, but it just it just took a while to get the gist of it and I just had to make sure I was taking care of them and and then like I said a couple of things that we needed to do for Tilly helped her latch a lot better yeah and I also saw a lactation consultant who came to my house who actually showed me a much better way of holding her because I was doing a bit more of the, the football hold yeah which was yeah. because I felt that was a bit easier but then when the lactation consultant came to see me, she said, you know, Yasmin, you want to be able to go and have a coffee. You're not going to be able to hold Tilly like that and have a coffee in a cafe. You want to be able to hold it like this. So that's when she showed me yeah. how to get yeah. closer to me. And I was like, oh, thank God for that because there's no way I could have yeah. done a football hold the whole time. No, no, exactly. Oh, that's really good. And did you manage with going out and breastfeeding in public? Lots of girls struggle with it. How did you feel with that? Yeah, I did struggle with it. I won't lie. I found it very overwhelming. I wasn't really sure how to kind of manage it all. But then after a while, I actually got over it and thought, you know what? It's normal. It's my, my baby needs to feed. It needs to feed. And it's not until she got a bit older where it was a bit challenging because she was so in wanting to see what was happening. I'd be feeding and she'd pop her head up and she would be looking around. And so yeah. it got a bit more challenging towards the last couple of months. But no... So, you know, I did struggle a little bit, but I bought one of those really good wrap, the things that you just put over your head. It wasn't a, yes. um, I can't remember what they called. I actually got it from the Bub app, got them on that. Oh, um, where it's got, has it got, so you can see down through the, yeah, yeah, baby. Yeah. And I found that really helpful. Yeah. So I did struggle to begin with, but to have baby number two, I'd be more than happy to do it in public. Yeah, yeah, no. I think that it's, I, I was exactly the same as you at the beginning. And with those wraps, if you just put a normal wrap or blanket over you, it doesn't really work because the blanket will fall down and you can't yeah. see your baby's head. And then a lot of people say, just don't use a blanket or a wrap at all, which mm. some people might like, but a lot of people, and me included, like to, to even though I know breastfeeding in public is normal, I don't want to be looked at. So I, yeah, I want to absolutely. cover. And I also want my baby to not know what's going on on the outside because otherwise they'll just pull off and look around, as you were saying. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah no, <laughs> exactly. And what about sleep for you guys? How's that kind of yeah. gone? So we did, I think one thing that I was really glad we did earlier on was I expressed enough and we gave Tilly a bottle uh, probably really early on when she was born. So my husband would do, say, the nine o'clock feed. And so I would be able to go to bed around, you know, nine, nine thirty. So he would do yeah. that feed. 
Yeah. So okay. then I would get a good solid few hours before the next feed, whether that was, you know, I don't know, maybe one or two or whatever it is. But then I still had a kind of a good solid four or five hours. Yeah. And then, you know, so I think by having him be able to do a feed was really, really important. And by expressing and having extra milk and stuff, I feel that really helped. You know, it's funny, like I love sleep and mm-hmm. I just found that you just get through it. Yeah. And I think what's really important is language. I think it's really important, you know, again, as a new mum, you, all you hear is, you'll never sleep again, you know, breastfeeding's really hard. I was in so much pain. Like, you know, it's like we don't sometimes often hear the good stuff. So yeah, it is important. Yes, there is lack of sleep and it is can take its toll, but you also get through it and something just gives you the strength to get through your days and it is not forever. So I think we have to keep reminding ourselves that, like these little babies grow so quickly. You're not going to be sleep deprived forever. So just try and make the most of the resources that you can. Like I said, if you're comfortable introducing a bottle earlier on so your partner can can do a feed, which will really help. Because then if you want to have a sleep in in the morning, he can do a morning feed for you. Yeah, exactly. So I think they're some of the real keys. So yes, I did struggle, but I don't ever remember feeling like I was so sleep deprived, to be really honest with you. Okay, yeah, no. And I think as you said, it's, it's mindset as well. Absolutely. With, with that it is not going to be the rest of our lives and yeah. And not putting too much pressure on ourselves. Pressure. Yeah. Absolutely. And I do love how you said the bottle, because I think having a baby being able to take a bottle is a game changer. So if you've got a baby who refuses a bottle, you are automatically more stressed because you know that you are the only person that can give that baby milk. So Absolutely. And I have had, had, I have had friends who have been housebound for months and months and months because they can't go anywhere without breastfeeding. So, you know, like they don't, and that's where I think it's really important for new mums to, you know, have some time, whether it's half an hour, an hour to themselves and to be able to offload some of that because as well as our babies do feel and feed off our energy. So when we're stressed, when we're overwhelmed, and again, the work that I do as a kinesiologist is all mm. about when, if you're anxious as a new mum or as a mum when the baby's in the womb, a lot of the time your baby can feel all of those. So it comes into this new world, an anxious baby already. If you're an anxious yeah. mum or you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed or all of those feelings, your baby feels that it feeds off your energy because that's what it needs and what it's you know, that's all it knows. So it yeah. is really important as well with the whole latching and understanding that. I mean, I've had a client who was in a similar situation as myself with the feeding. She was worried about her baby not feeding. When we worked through and understood where that was coming well. So it is about checking in on yourself um, and understanding how you're feeling, what's going on for you to be able to support you through this journey as well, I think is really key. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And can you explain to the listeners just a bit about what kinesiology is? I know we've spoken about it a bit, but just so the girls know exactly what you do and then what you do for new mums. Absolutely. So kinesiology comes from Chinese medicine and chiropractic principles. So the chiropractic side is using the muscle test, which taps into the body subconscious to give us answers basically to the questions I ask. So it recognises when there's stress in the body and when there's no stress. So what, what I mean is if 
you were to put your arms straight and I was to put some pressure on it. And if it goes down, it means that, and we were talking about a specific topic, it means that there's a bit of stress in that body because the muscle's responding to the question. Right. If it's strong and the arm doesn't go down, it means there's no stress. So we then don't need to talk further about that. Mm. What it does is it's getting the answers from a subconscious level. And it's basically making sure our body is in flow. And that's using the Chinese principles of um, meridians, acupressure points, um, making sure our energy field is, is in harmony and in flow. So basically your body knows when you're well and when you're not well. So when I do use the muscle test to find out where you're holding stress, whether that's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, or even nutritional, your body responds to me. So, you know, it could be that you're going through, um, you know, people go through stress and anxiety. It's about understanding where that anxiety is coming from and getting to the core of it. So I use the muscle test, ask the body, okay, is it around family, friends? Is it about being a new mum? I use the muscle test, the muscle test will let me know and then we will go into that further. What it does though, it gets to the core of the issue. It doesn't just band-aid it. So it's basically bringing your body back into holistic balance because right. like I said, we hold stress in every part of our body and we don't actually know about it. Also, mm -hmm. our subconscious is like a human computer. It remembers everything that happens in life. So if you have had a traumatic birth, that can so for instance if you do want to have another baby but you're so you've had a really traumatic birth or you've had a really bad experience or you had postnatal depression and you don't want all of those feelings to come up again there could be a self-sabotage on a subconscious level about having another baby which means it may be a little bit harder for you to conceive or there may be some issues or some stress around that yeah so you would come in you would have a session we would get really clear on the goal that you want to achieve and then we would muscle test it and then peel away the onions and get to the core of the problem so that we can bring your body back into holistic balance to help you feel empowered to move forward. Oh, okay. yeah. All right. That makes perfect sense. That makes, more sense. <laughs> that makes lots of sense. Cause I was saying, I was saying to uh, Yasmin before that I was like trying to work out exactly what she did and I was getting <laughs> myself confused, but now that sounds, that sounds really good. Yeah. That's that. Thank you. Because I think a lot of listeners will be like, ah, aha moment there. Yeah, makes more sense. Yeah. So I think what some of the also things that I did before I, um, first of all, before conceiving, I did a lot of kinesiology, acupuncture, because I needed to regulate my periods because I wasn't as, you know, as regular or as what I thought and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I, I really made sure my body was ready. I had Cairo, you know, so I had all of the, the things that I knew my body needed. And then during my pregnancy, I had one of my friends give me she's a healer and she gave me some um, affirmation cards around pregnancy so you know using affirmations and positive reinforcement positive language because the mind is so powerful the mind doesn't differentiate between good or bad fact or fiction or healthy or unhealthy it only believes what you tell it so you know affirmations can be really good uh, you know when you are trying to when you are in labor or you're about to go into that whole journey making sure you're breathing and making sure you're visualizing and making sure you're doing that. And I know that can be a bit challenging when you're in that, you know, when you're about to go through labor or prior, but some of these tools and techniques can be really, really helpful. And also is like I say, I guess for me to support others is really understanding where are you holding stress? Where is it coming from? Let's work through it and not feel like you're alone as well. And just being able to, some people just come in and that by even just saying it out loud, they feel better. So yeah. it's really supporting you know, women in that and, you know, refining yourself. I know a lot of women lose themselves when they had a baby, but I know once you find something that you love, what well, it doesn't have to be anything big or small, even just having some time away can be really powerful because my overall message is when you look after yourself, 
everything else falls into place and you become a better mother. Your baby become, feels the energy that you're in when you're feeling good about yourself. Yeah. And everything else just kind of follows. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's so important. So, yeah, I mean, there's so many girls that I think they do lose themselves. They don't even know where to start. So... Absolutely. So that's a really, yeah, that's a really good point. And so where are you now with your breastfeeding journey and yeah, with Tilly? Yeah. So Tilly and I have actually just literally two days ago have stopped breastfeeding or I've stopped breastfeeding Tilly. Yeah. We gave it a good six months of, you know, exclusive. And then we did yeah. a little bit of introduce the formula for a dream feed after that. Yeah. And then, like I said, she's such a little busy girl. She just doesn't stay still. She wants to explore the world. She's just so active. And breastfeeding for us was, she just wasn't interested, to be honest. She just yeah. wanted to get, her, get off and start walking and, and still not walking, but, you know, yeah. getting out there. And still, even with the bottle, she's very like drinks and then she'll get up and she'll do something and she'll come back to it. And so she's, <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to force it. And I just feel like we're both ready. So yeah, she's now fully on formula and obviously on solids and stuff. Yeah. No, but and if it's not tried. serving you, if it's not serving you and it's not serving your baby anymore, then it's it's time, you know? It is time. And, and it, you, you'll know, like, I think it's just trusting, trusting that you'll know. Because yeah. I was like, well, when is it going to happen? What am I going to do? You know, when am I going to stop breastfeeding? But it really feels right for us. And, and I think it's just, look, breastfeeding is fantastic. It's very convenient. You don't have to worry about taking bottles and all that sort of stuff. But I also think, you know, I've got to do what's best for her and best for me. And I think yeah. Yeah, now's the right time. So we've just gone our ways and we're both very happy. So that's the main thing. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've done a, I think you've done a fabulous job. So Yasmin, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I think the listeners are going to get a lot out of your experience and what you do as a job and how you bring that through to motherhood and then how you, how you found those really early days of breastfeeding and, you know, that feeling of when you came back from hospital and not, you know, not knowing what to do and that overwhelm and and how you, you know, you've come full circle now and you're happy with your breastfeeding journey. And yeah, I think that they're really going to get something out of it. So thank you so much for chatting with me today. That's okay. Thank you again, Susie. And, all, and I just want to say one thing before yeah. we go is that you know, all new mums out there, please don't feel like you have to do it alone. There are so many people to support you, you know, ask the questions, seek some professional help and just use the people around you because it does take a tribe to, you know, raise a little baby, but you absolutely just feel like you can express yourself, speak about it and don't feel like you have to hold back and, and do it on your own. There's definitely a lot of people that are willing to love and support you through this journey. So, yeah, no. No beautiful words. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Susie. Bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really hope you got something out of it and at the very least made you feel not so alone in your breastfeeding journey. Share it with a friend who you feel may benefit from it or leave a review on your podcast streaming app. The more this podcast is shared and reviewed, the more women can benefit from this because we need to talk about breastfeeding more. Bye for now.